Welcome to episode three of Void Video. I'm your host, Evan Jordan, aka that Evan Jordan on Twitter. And I am Nick, aka Agent Relic on Twitter. And t- today we got a Nicolas Cage goes crazy under pink lights double feature for you <laughs> with yeah, that- Mandy and Color Out of Space. That's definitely the way to describe it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So- well, where do you want to start? You want to start with Mandy or you start with well, Color I guess- Space? I think Mandy. Let's just. Say why we pick both of these together. I guess. I mean, the Nicholas Cage, obviously. I mean, yeah, Nicholas Cage is in both of them, and they you, both have. You like, apparently, told me something that they share producers. Yeah, they're apparently. Uh, yeah, they share producers. I'm not really sure what producer or production company, but it was that on. part was unplanned. But that you know works out. We'll, I, yeah, and they both have like a very retro style to them. I think as well, like a very 80s. Yeah, they do. They do. Like a the music's very like a retro indie. Synth yeah, synth, the synth music in both of them for sure. Yeah, and like the the pink lights, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you could you could talk more about the color than I could. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. Fuck. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to think. I'm like, they look more purple. In uh, definitely in color of space, it's not as pink as Mandy. Yeah, for sure. Color. Well, I don't know. What's the what was the light? Co- was the flash was pink in color? Was it? I, I mean, that's that's a you. I'm actually colorblind, so uh, you're listening. Fuck! I can't. I just. I just. You just got done to. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the flash was pink. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the like because they keep seeing the light the whole time and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but it, it is. I think Mandy. The whole like the whole fucking movie is lit and red. And, yeah. Like there's barely any scenes that have like normal lighting in Mandy. Yeah, for sure. Just the like the beginning, huh? Because the because like when they're like like at the the house and stuff together when the movie opens, all that yeah. lighting is normal. Yeah, but it very quickly turns into like a psychedelic trip. Whereas I think Colorado Space is more gradual. Yep, and it mostly happens outdoors because obviously inside the yeah yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely. essentially, we chose these two because they're both you know retro atmospheric hor- they're both horror elements i guess i mean because mandy's horror more themed yeah yeah mandy's more of an action horror and color of space is more like sci-fi horror like, right well i guess it's called right. cosmic horror right because it's lovecraft it would be cosmic horror yeah because it's lovecraftian like, yeah but they both definitely have horror elements to them so and it's weird to see like the uh like I've read the 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 Lovecraft short story, Color Out of Space, and it's a little different. Like a few details, overarching story is the same, but it's cool to see like a modern spin on it, you know? Because it's obviously like his stories are so old that it's like a lot of times I think if you were gonna adapt it to screen, you'd have to be set a long time ago as well, you know? But yeah. they did a cool job, I think, of adapting it to a a modern version of the story, and like he had. Uh, three sons in the in the in the uh, short story, but he they replaced one with a daughter here, and they actually named her. I'll get into that when we get to Colorado Space. Yeah, because there's a whole bit I got about that, but I think we start with Mandy because I think I, like this movie is a a trip, and I feel like Colorado Space is more gradual. And there's lots more, you know, nuance to bits it. I got for you there. Yeah, so. All right, so Mandy is uh, directed by a Panos Cosmatos, yes. I think you did pretty good there. I was gonna. I'm, that's why I kind of didn't say anything. I wanted you to have to say that. Uh, <laughs> well, he's, uh, I but, mean, I I haven't seen anything else he's done. He's only uh, apparently directed one other movie. So yeah, I haven't seen it either. Yeah, um, but it's um. It's like a retro. I think for a, for a sophomore movie, this is fucking good, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it stars uh, obviously Nicolas Cage since they both do. Um, it opens with them, him and his wife, I guess. Right, they're married. Yeah, wife. Yeah. I guess you can explain it maybe better. <laughs> yeah, they're they're married, and like it, there it opens with them at their cabin one night, and they're like. They're just drinking and watching TV, right? When it first comes on. Yeah, and, and they're talking about Jupiter. Hanging out. And that's what I was hoping yeah. you could maybe, because I don't re- exactly you, remember. They're talking about Jupiter. Yeah, they're, well, they're, and... 
what and you can tell that they're both to. like she's reading a book and they're talking yeah they're talking about what planets they'd want to go to and like you can tell right off the bat that these are educated people like these are very like kind of nerdy and kind of into science and into stuff like that like just smart and i kind of different people too like a little weird you know? yeah. like, and they kind of live your average person yeah and they live kind of super remote yeah, as I say, they live. That's actually similar between both movies as well, as they both live like remote. Like they live by themselves. There's not really anyone else nearby. So right, like it sets off this very like isolating atmosphere right off the bat, and there's a lot of like fog and oh, and there's like the weird synth music right from the start. So you know, like it gives you an ominous feeling. They set the ominous mood like right from the start, even when nothing has happened yet. You know. Yeah, and I actually have a note about the music. It was done by um the late Johan Johansson, who is known for oh, okay. uh, he's worked with Dennis Villanueva, Villanueva a lot. Uh, Arrival, Prisoners, and Sicario. He did the score for all of those. So really okay. well known okay. composer. And I think this might be maybe Arrival being the best. This might be his second best. Like the the yeah the music definitely like it was one of the highlights of the movie. Sets for me. the tone throughout. Yeah, it's yeah. a highlight of the movie also the visuals and the audio is it all pairs very well together it's all like it matches you know sets a very unique mood and like you you know something fucked up is gonna happen as soon as this movie starts yeah Yeah, but so they she leaves i forget why she leaves the cabin and on her way she's going to work right uh, something like that, but she she just because they lit she works at a convenience store. It's like right not far from their house, and she's just walking to work. Listen, okay. she's listening to music or something. And she passes like. this these people in a vehicle, and they're like eyeing her, I guess. And it's very weird, and like they're like staring at her as she's walking by, and like you could tell that the the leader of these people is like has his eyes set on her, and it turns yeah, out he's that staring he's, her down. Yeah, it turns out that he's like the leader of a cult and uh, yeah they they have like a the people have like a manson cult kind of vibe to them you know like you tell as soon as you see them that they're shady yeah for sure yeah and then it, it switches over to their perspective and he i liked that about it it goes it does that a few times yeah it flips where back it's and like forth. flips back and forth and you kind of see both sides of it and you kind of it builds the a lot of movies, I think, don't show the quote-unquote villains enough until the pivotal moments where they're doing the big bad stuff. Like, I like that they kind of explored and showed you the villains the whole time, you know? Yeah. They're growing. Like a unique Yeah, growing with to it. the... Like, so it's like yeah, the exactly. main characters are introduced, then the villains are introduced, and then they kind of clash. And then... Yeah, and it gives you more insight too into like why they're doing it and sort of their madness and their like what's going on with them, and I like that about it. Yeah, yeah, but they like, like not that you ever root for them, you know, because they're like shitty, like evil people. But it's just like it gives you an insight into their evil at least. Yeah, what's that drug that they're doing? They like do this weird drug that's like it had a weird element to it. I forget. It was, it's, it's a made up drug for this movie, but it's, uh, some kind of, it never actually says it's some kind of cosmic drug. It's some kind of like something they're getting from beyond the earth. I feel like, because it comes from those, like, there's these two guys that are like, do they even, what do they call those? Like, henchmen, like biker guys. Oh, uh, the black they have a name the black skulls the black skulls yeah yeah okay so the black skulls are like these two like biker hitmen kind of that show up in the movie at one point and i feel like they're the they were the like the cook was making it but they were the ones who were finding that material that he was making it with right and yeah. they were weird and fucked up so i feel like it came from some other kind of and he summons some other... the the hippie cult leader uh, his name is Jer- Jeremiah Sand. He summons these black skulls with this weird lava stone. <laughs> he like summons yeah, the black. Yeah, he skulls does like a it. magical stone and shit. Yeah, yeah, which he uses. So there's definitely some otherworldly stuff going on here, and it's yeah, like it's very like it doesn't explain it, and that's like the it's kind of Lovecraftian in that sense that it doesn't 
explain anything. Yeah, I was like, curious. You, don't, you know this stuff comes from another world, but you don't know where or how or what, you know? Yeah, this is an original story, right? Written by the director. Yeah, I yeah. think this is, they wrote it together. Yes, yeah, but it's definitely like, you can see a lot of their influences with a lot of the choices they made and a lot of the, the ways they take it and stuff, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, this drug is essentially like, it's described as a highly potent liquid form of LSD, I guess. Yeah, it makes them trip, for sure. But it makes them, like, they... It's weird because it hypes them up, too, almost, when they do it. It's like a cocaine LSD because they're, like, jacked up and it's, like, ready to go and stuff when they do it, too, so... Yeah, it's almost like that stuff in Mad Max Fury Road that's, like, that makes them go <laughs> crazy. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. it is. It is rage or whatever they call it. It is really similar to that, kind of. But it's yeah. like it's more mellow, like um. There's a there's a cook who's who's working for the uh, gang also, and he's the one like making this material into a drug. He's the one actually creating this drug, and he it's kind of like very mysterious about where he's even at, right? And I think he's just in a weird warehouse somewhere. It never actually shows like it's at, you're just he's assume it's in, in the a, woods somewhere. He's in a radio tower. Yeah, a radio tower. That's right. That's right. And he kind of. I don't know. I feel like you don't. I like that the movie doesn't tell you a lot about him and about the drug and stuff. But then it's like, in a way, I want to know more, too. You know, I want to know what's I want to understand more about what's happening. But it's kind of very a very ambiguous movie in a lot of ways where it leaves a lot of it up to you to fill in. And I think that kind of goes back to that retro vibe of it, where it's just like very psychedelic and like, yeah, you're definitely. not sure. Like you're like the characters. I mean, they're just like drifting around in this world, but they, yeah, you kind of don't know any more than they do as it's happening. Maybe a few minutes before, but not. You're kind of getting informed as they are too throughout it, which makes it more like intense, and you're on the edge of your seat, kind of. Yeah. Well, uh, so the the cult leader, he, um, you know, he's fixated on, uh, let's see, her name is Mandy. Man, it's, so it's Red and Mandy uh, are the two main characters. So he's fixated on Mandy, which is obviously the title is called Mandy of the movie. So right. That makes sense. But he's fixated on her and he breaks into their cabin at night and kidnaps her <laughs> and tries to seduce her. I guess. Yeah, it's like he's gonna he thinks he's gonna hold her hostage until she like falls in love with him. Yeah. Really fucked up way to look at things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they like inject her they give her the drug and then The they, bikers uh, kidnap her, right? Yeah, the bikers. Isn't that where he's that's where he summons the bikers Because he tells the, them to get her for him, so like Right. Yeah. But that's like their part in it. And then they drug Mandy and uh, try to seduce her <laughs> in this really weird sequence. But uh, yeah, that's when it gets like psychedelic. That's when the movie, right? That's when the kind of takes the psychedelic turn and things are. are yeah, because there's a lot of like almost the rest of the movie. Yeah, there's these weird animated dream sequences. And I was curious about this, like uh, if it was just like a budget thing on why they did them animated. But they're like cartoons, these dream sequences yeah. that the characters have. And they're like, I'm just, I was just curious if it was a budget restraint or if it's like a design decision. Or if it was decision. like a stylistic thing, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the style of it, I think, fits well and it looks cool. So yeah. I mean, maybe I so. it was a stylistic thing. Yeah. It worked, for sure. Yeah, I don't know how how do how do we want to dig into uh, <laughs> what happens at like so yeah, this is one that like after this point it's kind of we're digging into possible spoiler territory but we got to get to the nicholas cage being crazy part because like he's go i mean yeah that's the whole point <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i don't i don't think yeah, we got to get i don't to think that. it's a spoiler to say that uh something happens to her she rejects uh jeremiah's advances and yes uh, Nicholas Cage goes on a rampage to uh, go after the the, the cult, <laughs> yeah, and this is really he where he does it with a heavy hand. <laughs> yeah, 
and, and it's like when he starts gearing up, man, it doesn't like this is not. You think, all right, he's about to like have grenades and shotguns and like no, this motherfucker forges his own like badass heavy metal blade or axe to like go and kill him with. It's like a hybrid of like a blade and an axe. And he goes and gets he gets his like crossbow that's like got a name. It's like the yeah. the, the Reaper. So like he's skilled at <laughs> he's killed before but yeah it's one just, way or another th- that's the interesting <laughs> part to me is i'm i'm curious on red's backstory on like how he like because he i mean didn't skip a beat really like he right went right after him <laughs> yeah you he know? turns into fucking john wick like halfway through man and... <laughs> i don't know if i'd go that far he's not like <laughs> <laughs> yeah he doesn't slay hundred there's only like six or seven people right in this cult but i mean it's a. Uh, it's still really good, I think, like violence, and he goes on on definitely a uh, one hell of a a rampage. Yeah, and, and it I think doesn't go. It's not direct. Like there's still half the movie left when he starts his rampage, so it takes a lot of fun bumps and twists and turns along its way to the finale. Yeah, and Nicolas Cage, I mean, his performance in this is just like he gets maniacal as the yeah. movie goes on. Absolutely incredible. He actually, I was reading about uh, some of the stuff about the movie, and it was saying that in in one of the interviews he did in like uh, 2018 when the movie came out, they were asking him about his performance and stuff, and he was saying that like uh, right before they started shooting the movie, his wife at the time, Alice Kim Cage, he had been married to her for 14 years, and it came to a sudden end, like just before they started shooting. He said, which was, like, not something that they had had a good relationship. Like, he didn't see it coming and everything. And they, he kind of took those feelings of, like, what the fuck and, like, like rage and anger and, and that like scene, sadness and all that and put it into this. Yeah, that know? scene when he's in the bathroom and he's, like, you know, just figuring out, like, he wants to start the vengeance and he's in the bathroom by himself and he's just getting real pissed off like right just, he's like getting himself psyched to like go do it yeah it's like peak nicholas cage really like this is yeah, the best is. i've seen nicholas cage and i mean obviously we'll talk about color on space but mandy came out before color on space right right so yeah. like mandy is the best nicholas cage in years like at this time yeah like in years yeah of recent years anyway we're not could not like excluding maybe like some there's one shit, point but... when he he gets his shirt ripped off like his shirt ripped and he's like screaming you ripped my shirt and he's like getting pissed <laughs> that they ripped his shirt and like i mean he's just going to town he he at one point um while he's chained up by the monsters he uh says he calls one of the monsters a vicious snowflake <laughs> and i'm just like what <laughs> he said you yeah, are some of the dialogue they use in this is incredible bro. yeah it's hilarious and it's like and it's not i wouldn't even say it's campy because it's very i mean the, the whole, delivery doesn't feel campy no the way they it's deliver the psychedelic it, you know? aspect of it i think and like the, yeah the dream almost dreamlike atmosphere like makes the shit that they're saying like seem normal <laughs> yeah absolutely it uh is definitely a movie that stands apart in the way it uses the psychedelic stuff to its advantage i think a lot of movies like that go down this route have like a bad tendency to dabble a lot or like gander because it's like they don't know how to convey the feeling they want to convey but this movie knows exactly what it wants to do at every moment yeah for sure yeah there's some really cool action sequences and overall i thought that this was pretty good i mean i i had heard a lot about this movie before i had saw it and maybe maybe felt a little misled by what people had said because i mean i thought it was gonna be a straight-up action movie and it's definitely not that it's like a retro psychedelic horror movie really yeah like it's very like the first half especially is kind of ominous and slow burn almost it until definitely. it until the kidnapping and that's when it picks up a lot but it never well even when she's kidnapped when he's like seducing her like that's a really long sequence and it's it is yeah that is a long real weird and it's slow and it's <laughs> i think it would the weirdness keeps it interesting right it's not boring how slow it is because it's so weird but yeah and just the it's visually, definitely not a lot happening for a while there, moment to moment. And visually, and it's, it's so stunning that like right at t- like you could 
make pictures out of like canvases out of you know shots from this film like the the one oh it's beautiful yeah chainsaw fight and like just the scenery is beautiful the way it shots beautiful the music Dude, the chain okay the chainsaw fight I, that's another thing i was reading about they sh- they had to shoot that whole scene in one night why and the whole i don't i don't know what happened i never found that out but it's basically the director was talking about they had to shoot the chainsaw scene in one night because uh or or and that it was straight up living hell was the quote here. <laughs> to shoot and, and he said they had to shoot the, and it's pretty like there's a lot of action and a lot in that one particular part yeah and it's just like a, a one-on-one there. chainsaw fight like it's really right i don't know I, that was a really really cool scene one of my favorite scenes in the movie but I think all around too the performances are good. Nick Cage obviously is the highlight, but honestly, all of them did good. All of them felt weird as shit, dude. Like they all nailed the cult members. As yeah, like but the cult leader specifically. I mean, he was he brought his A game for sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I'm also looking on this, and uh, this movie was produced by Elijah Wood, which is interesting. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, he's got a producer like, credit. Carried the fucking ring to Mount Doom, Elijah Wood. <laughs> Mount Doom. I think it's Mount Everest, dude. <laughs> Carried the ring to Mount Everest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Elijah Wood, Frodo. Elijah Jesus. Wood produced this. That's yeah. I did not know that, and that really. I mean, I knew he liked weird stuff, and was because he's done a lot more weird stuff, like uh. Uh, what was the daddy movie? I watched this year. Come to daddy? Come to daddy? <laughs> Wasn't that what it was called? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what you watched. <laughs> I think it was. It was called Come to Daddy, right? And it, Yeah, yeah, and it's got Elijah Wood and, uh... Who else is in this movie? Like, Bruce... Uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Martin Donovan, the guy from Weeds. In it. And it's like, he goes to meet his dad, and his dad's, like, fucking real weird, and, like... He doesn't seem like himself, and he hasn't, but he hasn't oh. seen him his whole life, so he doesn't know if that's, you know, how come, he, like, it's... Come to Daddy? Come to Daddy, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but... I really like that. Favorite, one of my favorites of 2020. We'll talk about that after you watch it. Uh, yeah, but Mandy, I mean, great movie. I definitely uh, yeah. recommend it, if you like. Yeah, I do too. Overall, I loved Mandy, and it's a... <laughs> We talked about this before we started. It's a weird wreck and it's a hard wreck. I wouldn't recommend it to everybody because you gotta like a certain kind of. It movie, almost. I feel like, to like this I'm movie. curious on what you think about this. It almost had like when I was watching it a Rob Zombie type feel to it, which is gonna turn some people off, I think. But yeah, like a like a more artsy Rob Zombie almost. Yeah, it's it's art house Rob Zombie. That's a good that's a good yeah. way to put it. Like it's art house exactly. Rob Zombie. It's not as, I guess, trashy as a Rob Zombie. <laughs> Yeah, it's not as white trash and, like, straightforward. Uh, Rob Zombie's stuff is very much in your face. Like, it's not subtle. This movie's subtle in a lot of ways, too. And, it, yeah. like, it's subtle as much as it is straightforward. Like, there's, like, ha- you know, half... And, like, it doesn't explain a lot of stuff. And I don't know. It's just really well done. And But the Rob Zombie is a good way to compare it. And one of the guys in it, nobody gives a shit about this, I'm sure, because nobody liked 30. <laughs> but the guy who plays the cook in uh this movie the chemist is the main clown guy 31 like the guy they call at the end they're like oh we can't we can't kill him we gotta call this guy because he never fails that guy yep but i loved mandy yeah, yeah. I, I think i recommend mandy if you're into if you like what we were just describing you'll like the movie if you think it sounds like strange and just not like just like what the fuck then right up for you yeah because it's very it's very like i would say probably like you're either gonna love it or hate it it's probably polarizing yeah i'm not not i love i loved it yeah i'm not sure how like it reviewed or anything so i'm I'm sure it's a bit polarizing but i mean i would say it would skew more positive more people people liked it yeah yeah, i was gonna say more people are gonna like this 6.5 on imdb oh okay pretty good yeah, for a horror movie, that's not too bad. But uh, yeah, it's I I would say like the majority of people are gonna find something to like. The it's a little long. I think that maybe they could have 
Yeah, it's right at two hours. I think yeah. maybe an oh, hour, okay. thirty hours. Yeah, I guess it feels slower too because of the feeling of it. It's like, the pacing. Yeah, it makes yeah. it feel longer than it is too. Yeah, but I was never I like, like wanting it to end. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. It's not not in a not in a too negative way because like I I didn't ever feel like I was like ah oh, this is fucking dragging along. You know, like I wanted to hurry up because it yeah. always was interesting. Yeah, and it's I definitely recommend it if you like weird. It's really weird. So yeah. It's uh split into acts as well, like three acts. So like it's it's got. I a like very, that about it yeah, too. Me too. I like acts. Those are not enough movies do that. I feel like. No, not not many at all. Actually, <laughs> it's a good way of like breaking your movie up into like digestible chapters, where you know, okay, that's the end of this part of the story, and we're going. I don't know. Just a really cool. Yeah, the last one I could think of is Doctor Sleep. Did it. I'm not See, sure. I've only that. I've only seen the director's that. cut, so I don't know if the theatrical was cut into acts, but the director's cut is cut into uh, three acts, I believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but I want to. We've talked about that a few times. I need to watch that. Yeah. Alright, so uh, that's all we gotta say about Mandy. <laughs> yeah, well, go watch Mandy. Check it out if you haven't. If you like Nick Cage, which I don't like Nick Cage, what's wrong with you? But yeah. <laughs> if, you... <laughs> if you like Nick Cage and weird movies, this is for you. Which, speaking of Nick Cage and weird movies, yeah, our right. next movie <laughs> is Colorado's Face. <laughs> yes. And this is. Which ba- came out the following year. I'm actually. This is a weird. Because t- it's 2019, but it didn't come out till 2020, I think. Like. Oh, did globally. it? It was finished in 2019. It, didn't ca- it is a 20. Is it a 2020 movie? Uh, it came out. It is opening, February twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, opening weekend USA. It says January twenty sixth, twenty twenty. So it's oh a, yeah yeah you're right yeah okay. So it's a twenty twenty movie that I mean is a twenty nineteen movie. I don't know. It's that's semantics doesn't really matter. Well, it premiered at a yeah at a at a festival probably in twenty nineteen. This but one will yeah technically was yeah. So uh, this one will definitely be the more well known of the two, uh, based on a Lovecraft story, a short story. Yeah. That alone would would like catapult it in a lot more. Yeah, and honestly, it. like this movie is a straight masterpiece in my opinion. And yeah, I, I agree. Out of the out of the two, I would definitely recommend this one first. And it actually has a lower IMDb score. No, I mean they're they're, they're insane, insane. Which I, I want crazy to me, yeah, because <laughs> this movie is like I'm with you. It's a masterpiece, bro. Like it is a masterpiece. I loved every second of it. It's so weird. And, this. Like, this, in my opinion, is one of the best horror movies of the decade. Like, it's just... Yeah, agreed. It's shot well, it's well-paced, it's interesting, like, super interesting from the moment it starts. Like, riv- riveting. Like, just a great movie. Uh, but... Yeah, it's like... the it's they, They've adapted a lot of stuff from the short story, and it's a more modernized retelling of yeah. the... And I haven't read the short story so like i don't have that frame of reference all i have is you know the movies so maybe you'll be able to provide some insight but i guess we can go into the plot so the movie opens with a young woman doing a ritual by a lake i guess yeah, you'd she's say like a, a it lake. looks kind of like a you get a wiccan vibe from it well out there. yeah and at the beginning she so a some a hydro damn expert or a hydrologist i guess is going yeah, to go hydrologist yeah. going to go test their waters and he said is that wiccan or is that alexandrian like right off the bat so you're like you know is she oh said, yeah that's right they do say that yeah and yeah. she nods she he says something about he thinks alexandrian and she smiles so that's probably what it is. and she yeah she said yeah she implies that it's wiccan so like she's performing oh, some okay. wiccan ritual okay. it's her mom had cancer i guess so she's like trying to cleanse the area answer from her body yeah yeah remove the, that's what she was talking about remove the answer from her body in the area or whatever yeah but so this woman is part of a family which is nick nick cage's family uh they are i don't what's their last name um gardner yes gardner all right. Well, the gardeners. So they are. They live on a small little farm in a wo- in the woods, and they raise alpacas of all things, which is <laughs> super strange. <laughs> the, the, and it, like you'd be surprised how many times the word alpaca is screamed in this movie. But, uh, yeah, it happens a lot. <laughs> 
Yeah, but and basically, like, it starts out, it doesn't take long for the meteor to hit, right? It's like 15, 20 minutes in, like that. Yeah, but I guess we should give more backstory on what there is. So, the people, yeah, the people really, like, you don't get a ton. You just get, you see the girl going back to the house, you see her and uh, the dad talking and stuff, and the, that you can, like, you also the, the brother's like a, a no good, you know, like kind of a stoner, like doesn't give a fuck about anything. Th- that's I what I was gonna get kinda... into. Is on their property lives a I'm not even sure. Is he homeless and he just lives there? He like uh, well, he tends to their alpacas. Right? But but Nathan, uh, Nick Cage's character, the dad, calls him a squatter, a squatter that lives on the land. So when oh, he... our squatter, yeah, that's right. He... he does say that. So like I think he's just like a homeless guy that lives there, and um, and they just kind of don't care. Just yeah, and he smokes weed. It's implied that he just smokes with the. Uh, the this the, guy. The... Let's let's preface it by saying this guy is is played by Tommy Chong. He's played by Tommy Chong. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know right off the bat what kind of character this is going to be. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a burnout. He's got a he's got a cat. <laughs> the cat's name yeah. is pretty funny too. So it's a cat named G Spot. <laughs> <laughs> which this feels that the every scene that's with him feels like a bit out of cheech and chong man <laughs> and, and like the weird part is it works and it like yeah. fits in this movie and it never feels out of place no absolutely not and but he's like friends with the son because the son is kind of a stoner you know burnout kid and he like goes and hangs out with the squatter a lot and gets high and yeah and the daughter it, you can tell they're friends as soon as he goes out there. yeah and the daughter's like a. You know, she was performing the Wiccan rituals, so she's, like, a bit eccentric, too. And then the dad, I mean, he raises alpacas, so he milks them. And right. <laughs> but, uh... What, the mom's, like, what, some kind of... A realtor. Like, she does online realtor. And their internet, like... <laughs> is shit, yeah. Yeah, and... Which kind of is... Plays I into the... It. it plays into the story a bit, too, because, like... They don't have access to the outside world really at all. So like this is an isolated area. Nobody knows right. what's going on outside from them. And, and what little access they do have to the outside world is like fucking up constantly. Once the, especially once the meteor hits. Yeah, it, this. Yeah, the internet issue happens a lot because he uh, Nathan goes and says, "Oh, I'll go up on the roof and fix it again." So like he's clearly done this many times, and she's like going to lose clients because. You know their internet keeps like dropping, calls, video calls keep dropping and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then she's like, getting yeah. like upset about it even before everything gets crazy. Yeah, and then they have a third kid. He is younger, like ten ish. I would say. Yeah, I think it never. I don't know if it ever really. It's not really important. He's, he it's doesn't a, really. A, nah, he's a he's a kid under ten, probably no older d- than ten. I would say. Yeah, he doesn't really have any quirks off the bat, but he's he probably plays the most important part in the story. From the, like, just he's the most important of the kids from a story perspective. Yeah, of the three kids for sure. Yeah. yeah. So there's three kids: the the mom, the dad, and there's this hydrologist who kind of visits and is testing their water. Um, he's uh, he's testing the waters. See what I did there? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's that's the episode. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, so the hydrologist finds out that uh, there actually is an issue with the water, that it's it's all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's telling them, don't drink the water, to, you know, like, the, and like, so in his mind, you know, like, he's already thinking something's wrong with this area and stuff. Well, then I think that very same night is when the meteor it's, yeah, I can't remember like, if he finds out something's wrong with the water before or after the meteor hits, but essentially the first night of the movie, it's with 20 minutes in, like you were saying, a meteor hits yeah. the farm. And during during Nick Cage and his wife getting it on for the first time since she recovered from uh, cancer from her surgery. Or yeah. Was it was it cancer or surgery? That's what I was confused about. Was the cancer she had it before she beat it and now like there. I think that's it, and the and the girl was trying to ward it away, keep it warded away with the spell. Oh, that's actually an interesting note too. The hydrologist's name is Ward, like he's warding them, I guess. So, like, I thought that Man, wasn't. There's a lot of like symbolism and weird. Yeah, shit. Yeah, there's a real symbolism. 
Yes, real symbolism to his name being Ward, which I thought yeah, was definitely. super cool. But, uh, yeah, so the meteor hit... Also, the the daughter's name, too. Because uh, I was saying, remember, that he didn't, uh, he doesn't have a daughter in the original short story, so... Lavinia? Yeah, Lavinia, thank you. Lavinia is one of the names from another Lovecraft story. I can't remember which one, but... That's a name of, of one of the characters from another Lovecraft story, and that's where they... It's from the Dunwich Horror. That's where it's from, the Dunwich Horror. And um, so they took that name from another Lovecraft story. So they, like, I don't know, they just did a really good job with references and, like, making everything mean something. Like, there's tons of meaning applied to everything, you know? Yeah. And I think this is a movie that you could watch... I've seen it twice now, and I noticed stuff the second time that I didn't notice the first time, and I could probably watch it a third time and have the same thing happen. Yeah, I've definitely watched it twice, and I think it was actually better the second time I watched it, and I already thought it was great. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I think that upon second viewing, I liked it even more, which I didn't which, know if I, like, I already thought I loved it. You know? Which I'm curious if the same thing would happen with Mandy, because I feel like it wouldn't, because of the pacing, would yeah. wear on you more because you know where it's going. But with Color Out of Space, right. I think it's just... It's such an exquisitely paced movie. Like everything it is. is purposeful. Yeah, the pacing's good, the like everything about it is good. Yeah. But anyway, the meteor hits the ground and it's like a giant flash of color. A quote unquote color out of space. Right? Yeah. Good and good joke. It hits the <laughs> <laughs> It hits the ground and there's a flash of light and everything and it's like almost as if nobody noticed it it happened it, like put them in a daze it, it put them in like this weird trance that like they except the little boy right the youngest kid he yeah. saw he was looking at it when it happened yeah everyone else was like and, sidetracked uh the kid the right the bo- the oldest boy was like sleeping by his computer the daughter was girl like, had headphones in had headphones yeah, she was listening she was, to music yeah. so like none of yeah. them really noticed it except for the little boy yeah exactly he like noticed the shaking and he noticed like the the wind outside and he noticed the light he noticed every he saw it all happening as it happened but it also like him seeing the light made him sick and that's kind of what gets him to go outside right because he tells him the meteors out there and then he's acting weird and that's what makes him go investigate and they see that it, there's the meteor out there yes because he saw the light and stuff, and he says, "I don't know what was out there, but something happened." And they then they felt the shakes and stuff, and yeah, they go. He screamed and everything. Yeah, they go outside. They go look. They call the police, and uh, and I think the mayor or like the gut, like yeah, it's the mayor. I the think. mayor. Yep, comes mayor. comes yeah. to look at it too. She's like, "Oh, this better be worth my time," because apparently this guy is like, I don't they know. They have a history. Yeah, I was gonna tell. say there's there's like this weird history with uh, the family and the townsfolk. I feel like. With the exception of the yeah. hydrologist, because he's like he doesn't know them prior to the movie, but like the mayor, and I think it all goes back to the dad. That's one thing we forgot to mention is that Nick Cage talks about his dad a lot, and like the property belonged to his dad, and his dad was always like really hard on him growing up, and like was abusive and like you know psychologically abusive to him. Like he would like be- like uh, belittle him and demean him and stuff, and like. That definitely plays into it some too, and I and I wonder if the dad was like that to other people, and that's why I don't know that. That's that's the, the Evan theory. That Evan but. theory. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that Evan theory. <laughs> but uh, I I just wonder if the dad ties back into the townsfolk not liking him, and that already started their relationship off on a bad foot. Yeah. Not to mention that. Nick Cage, like, definitely acts like his dad in a lot of ways. The things he talks about his dad doing, he does the same thing, and he does it even worse after the meteor hits. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, they go and investigate it, and obviously, like, they see the meteor. It's, like, burning, and, um, so, like, it's it's in their front lawn. Like, he says it smells bad, too. That was the yeah. weird, that, like... You know something's off there because nobody else can smell it, but he thinks it smells terrible. Yeah, I forgot he did describe it as something, but uh, the smell is something, something rotten. Yeah, like a rotten something. No, you did, it something. was something very specific that he described it as, but it like is weird because you can tell in the other scene, everybody or in that scene, everybody else is saying, "No, I don't smell it." 
what are you talking about? They're like disregarding the smell part of it. And they're like right above it, looking at it, not covering their nose. And he's like, can't even get close to it because it's like making him physically sick to like smell it. So, you know, immediately something's off. Something, some weird shit is going down. Yeah. And, and, and when the mayor and the sheriff visit, like the family's still seemingly normal. Like they don't seem to be impacted yeah. by it other than. There's a the big... smell is the first thing. Yeah, that's the first thing that happens. That you're like, what? Yeah, but... Why is this only he smell it? Yeah, but like the the mayor and the the sheriff didn't think anything of it. Like they, right now, they no. they seem normal yeah. with a meteor that crashed in their yard, and like they call up right. They call up the news the next day, and by then the meteor has disappeared, which was one of the funnier parts of the movie for me because uh, the dad is interviewed by the news media and the meteor had <laughs> disappeared and um the news makes him look like a crazy person because they're like mm-hmm. you know the meteor is not here because she's like oh it conveniently disappeared before we got here so she's like reporting it as like a ufo and all this other stuff yeah the, the the like headline at the bottom that's the tagline says like alleged ufo cider <laughs> or, or like and it's like he's screaming at the tv and, when he watches it he's all pissed off like yeah and the reporter says uh were, or had you been drinking that night and he says oh i maybe <laughs> had a bourbon and then the bottom headline on the news says a bourbon connoisseur like as his title of who he is like <laughs> yeah. dude it's so funny like i love that news it is funny sequence. yeah like and they just like made him look crazy like that what happened didn't really happen he just like burnt right. a big hole in his yard and left it there, you know. <laughs> yeah, and like he just like was drunk and like yeah, he's talking about it being a UFO, you know. <laughs> yeah. They make him out to be like a an idiot. <laughs> yeah, and he's unhappy about it. He's like yelling at the TV, and I think that's is that where he first starts acting kind of off is when he's like yelling at the TV and stuff. And yeah, because what happens after that? The woman cuts her finger. Right, the wife cuts her finger. Set like right after that, or while it's happening. No, because remember they sit down for the dinner, which <laughs> is funny because they're questioning oh, what yeah. kind of, the mystery meat dinner, and they're questioning what it is, <laughs> and it's like some sort of goose. It's a really weird yeah. and like just the dad cooks. You I'm can sure. tell like this happens the way they talk about it when the dad walks out of the room. You can tell that he always cooks shit that's really like weird and bad, and, the, and that they just don't tell him that. Yeah, and the daughter, like, she feeds it to the dog. So, like, the mystery yeah. meat to the dog. She's, like, not having it. <laughs> yeah, and they make it, she says, he, he gets upset because she says she'd rather go to McDonald's and stuff. And he's like, that's the true mystery meat or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, while this is happening, the uh, the mother is in the kitchen. Uh, she's cutting carrots and kind of zoning out and like the music is very ominous and well done so you like you know this whole minute that they're arguing about the mystery meat and all this stuff that something bad is going to happen and she ends up cutting off her fingers (laughs) yeah like while they're watching the news report because he's yelling at her to come look at the tv and she's not coming yeah like she's watching it on a different tv in the in the kitchen and she's like stuck man she's like just staring at this tv while she cuts she's like in a, a daze and she straight up slices her finger when the kid comes in there, and two yeah. of them, right? Yeah, she cuts two, two, of, them, two of her fingers off, and uh, the the little boy walks in to check on her, like to get her to go out there. And uh, she like lifts up her hands, like um, it's ready or it's something. Like squirting blood. Yeah, it's squirting Dinner's blood. Ready. Dinner's yeah. ready or something. <laughs> it's so weird. And, and, you know and, right then, and like, the little boy the just walks. He walks back in and he goes, uh, "Mommy's hurt." <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> "He's like, what, what do you mean, mommy's hurt?" And he walks in there, and then they go to the the hospital, leaving. Yeah. Okay. Now this this is fucked. Okay, because when the little boy was sick and stuff, the dad. You could. This is where I was like, Nick Cage acts like his dad because the kid was like, the when the light happened and stuff, the kid was like damn near mute, was hardly talking, was like sick and like. I think the mom. The mom's like, we gotta take yeah, him to the hospital, say, and the dad the goes, mom. no, that's stupid. Like we're not like we're not going to the hospital or whatever. Like brushes it off completely. Yeah, but but like. She cuts her it, fingers it, off, bro, and he's like, "It's a little the different." Fucking though. started by the time she finished. Yeah, but them that's off. a little different. I mean, fingers being cut off to psychological 
things you can't see. Yeah, sure, but I mean, like, <laughs> it just made, I noticed, like, how much he reacted to the mom versus how much he reacted to the son. You yeah, know? for sure. Yeah, but he leaves the uh, oldest boy in charge for the night while they go, yeah, to, the ho- they go to the hospital. And they live far away, because uh, the hydrologist sends the sample of the water. That's right, so they didn't know before the meteor hit about the water, because he said he sent the uh, sample to Arkham, which is like the the, uh, I guess, university or that's, whatever, the testing site. Yeah, a Lovecraft reference. Arkham. Arkham. Oh, okay. well, that's in, that's in like, almost all of his stories. Arkham is where... Is and, like, that, Lovecraft Country, if you watch the show, that's where they go to that house is Arkham. Oh, is that, like, is Batman, like, inspired by that? I'm curious about that, because Arkham no, Asylum... I, yeah, I don't think so. I think that's a separate Arkham, but I, that well, no. is interesting. I wonder if No, maybe... I'm saying, like, is that symbolism in Batman? Like, like Bob Kane, when he made Batman, Arkham... You know, whatever Arkham. Yeah, maybe he liked Lovecraft, and that was a reference to it, or something. Yep. I don't know. We're curious about where that. all the crazies go, or something. <laughs> yeah, never really put two and two together, but that's that's a definitely a, a theme along. Uh, and he's he wears a shirt at one point. I noticed this. Somebody wears a shirt. I don't remember if it was the dad or the brother. That says Miskatonic University. Also a Lovecraft reference. It's cool that they referenced other Lovecraft stuff in there. There's a few other ones, but that was that was the two that stuck out. Yeah, I mean, this whole movie feels like a, like a love letter to definitely to Lovecraft and like it's like there's not a ton of straight up Lovecraft movies where they're like straight adaptations. This is probably the best one. Well, because they're short stories, so like you got to expand the concept yeah, a lot. For sure. And there's a lot of movies inspired by Lovecraft, right? That that are definitely like you know, like Underwater, or The Void. The yeah. Void is up there for me, but this I'd say this tops it, like probably the best. This one is one of the best Lovecrafting. Movies. Yeah, this is by far the best one I've seen, but I haven't seen that many. But we should get back to the movie because uh, <laughs> I'm sure we've lost. Yeah, we did sidebar really hard here. <laughs> but uh, so he goes, he <laughs> takes the wife to the hospital, you know, leaves the kids home alone, and they just kind of. Dude, this is where the kids start acting weird because yeah, the the littlest boy starts talking to like imaginary friends, and the hydrologist actually comes to tell them about the water. I think while the the parents while the little boy's out there talking to the fucking yeah, hole but the, the parents are gone at this time, and the hydrologist comes back says right. don't drink the water, and like the kids are all just out there, like they're starting to you know talk to imaginary friends and yeah, this- he specifically tells the boy before he leaves, put the alpacas in the barn at ten. Yep, and, and he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're all acting weird and doing all that shit, and like the little boys out there talking. Is that when the bug comes out in the well? So they have a well and a well in their yard, and they like. Before... Is that the well, or is that the cr- that's the crater where the meteor hit? Right? Oh, is that what it is? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, so it's the crater crater where the. Are you sure? Because I thought it was the well. Because remember, they hoist them down there at the end, and it's like a brick. Oh, thing. they do. That's the, right. the well. So they well. think something's at the bottom of the well. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's weird because Tommy Chong's character also mentions like when they first come up to talk to him, he's being weird shit, talking about the things underneath all that stuff. Do you hear him? And all oh, that yeah. shit. Like, and like then they talk about the the well, like. And the stuff living at the bottom of it. So it makes you, like, kind of wonder, are they talking about the same thing, you know? Yeah, but the little boy looks down the well, and he sees this, like, he sees the light again. Like, this. Yeah. The light. The and this is, space. this is when it gets really trippy and psychedelic. Like, the colors are just amazing. It, like, looks like infrared, almost, in a way. Yeah. And, and this bug comes out of the well. And this bug is, uh, I mean, I'm colorblind, so I can't really, you might be able to, what color? It's like blue. pinkish purple. Okay, he's purple. Okay. It's like a big purple bug comes out yeah, of there. And he's definitely not. He's like a praying mantis-esque bug, but it's not a praying mantis. It's like a fucking alien bug, you know? Yeah, and the kid's like looking at it and trying to chase it down. And This is what... Yeah, he's like following it around and looking at it and being real weird. Like he's obsessed with it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but he immediately takes a 180 to when it flies away, he gets scared. Like what's gonna happen? Like he's like his. You can tell that the the meteor has their minds going all over the place, and that it's having a mental effect on them, which is like you know staple Lovecraft. The whole mental, like you go mad. The, all the the 
the stuff, the, the cosmic creatures and beings and stuff make you go mad, which is what happened. Yeah. The, al- the alpacas start to, like, they're, like, fused together, right? Like Oh, yeah, they go to the barn and all the alpacas are fused into a wad like, when they go out yeah. there. Because the little boy, the brother gets the little boy to go out there with him, right? Yeah. And, and they both go to the barn and they're all fused together. Which sets off. Oh, no, this is, that's when the, that's when the parents get home, right? Is yeah, the parents are right home. before that happens. Yes. But I, I guess we should not talk about this. Yeah, I'm this, gonna, I was going to say, I don't think we should say what happens there, though. Yeah, but the alpacas are fused, and it's, it's messed up, and it, it really sets off the rest of the story to, uh, to where, it, where it ultimately heads. Yeah, that's kind of the... <laughs> a, a sidebar... Where the, the climax begins, where the end of the story begins, right there. A so. sidebar, uh, when... Uh, Nick Cage comes back from the hospital. He starts talking with this really weird accent, and like when he's talking about the alpacas to the oldest boy, like, "Oh, you didn't let him in," and he goes, "Do you have any idea how much these animals cost us? These are alpacas, alpacas." <laughs> like it's like once again, it's peak Nicholas Cage. Like he's just acting yeah. straight insane. He's got this really weird accent, and it's just like because yeah, it's but, like his da- it's like his dad because when he's when he's uh, talking about how his dad talked to him at the beginning, that's the voice he uses. And oh, then, okay. That's interesting. And then he, like, keeps going back to that voice, reverting to that voice while he's being all, like, crazy and shit. I was gonna say, cause and before, it's his dad's voice. Before he left for the hospital, he seemed pretty normal. Like... Yeah. But it, it turns out that, like, something's in the water, so, like, uh, the hydrologist comes back, Ward, the hydrologist comes back and says, don't drink the water. So, like, the water is causing something with the meteor, right? So, like, the combination of the two, I guess, is what's causing it. Right, and it all links back, too, to the Tom Chong thing, the stuff being in the ground. Like, the water's coming from the ground, right? So something's fucking... They're getting their water from that well. The water comes from the well, right? So yeah. the, the pump to the house is probably hooked and up And the meteor hit right by the the well, so... Yeah, exactly. All that's got to be tied together, and it never elaborates... But it just—it never needs to. I don't think. I don't know. It does. Yeah, it doesn't have to. I think it almost is better that they don't because then you want it like. That's Lovecraft. He doesn't explain shit either. You know, like. It. So it. I don't know. It, it works. It's like adds a layer of mystery that really helps. Yeah, and. You know. I'm gonna go out on on a limb here and say that this might be the most beautiful horror movie, visually. One of them, for sure. Like, just the color yeah. work, and it, it's just incredible. Like, absolutely mind It's a masterpiece. I think you said the right word when you said uh, that it's a masterpiece. It really, really is. Yeah, this is, a, this, isn't a def- this is a definite 10 out of 10 masterpiece. And Mandy's great, too, but I think, like, definitely, maybe watch Mandy first, because then you wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know, what do you think about that? Watch them. I think if you're gonna do a double feature, I'd go. I'd watch Mandy first. But Mandy's like more balls to the walls crazy at the end. That I feel like maybe that adrenaline will. They might not work together like back to back. Like watching. Yeah, I was gonna say honestly, us talking about them works back to back, but watching them back to back doesn't. Yeah, because they both like slowly crawl to the the insanity. They stand on their own too. You know, they don't have enough in common. I don't think to work as a double feature for actually watching them, but they did for this. Yeah. Yeah, they're both. But it's like also uh Nick Cage one of the things he had always wanted to do was make a Lovecraft adaptation. And so this with this he finally got to do it. Cuz his his dad uh August Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola's brother. Yeah. So he, cuz he's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. He's related to like Sophia and all of them. Fish yeah, and, and this is all those people are kind of but interesting they, they too, were big lovecraft fans which which might tie back into that too uh the director richard stanley actually hadn't made a movie since 1996 so like that's his first oh, really? movie i didn't in, know that what was the you know what it was the island of dr Morrow. yep yeah yeah but that was huh. his first movie in 25 years so like obviously like i'm assuming the lovecraft thing brought him back like he wanted to do this story or i don't know what brought him out of retirement to make this movie but i'm sure glad he did <laughs> yeah. i i love it i think it's uh 
10 out of 10. Honestly, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, out of all the movies we've talked about on this podcast, this is the best one, I think. This is one of the best movies that we've talked about, for sure. And, like, one of the best movies of the year. It's one of the best horror movies of the decade. Maybe sci-fi movies. the best Nicolas Cage movie. Like, because I think, like, he does it all in here. Like, the acting is over the top, but it's good. I don't know. As there's so many Nicolas Cage performances I love, it's hard to say if it's my favorite. Maybe his performance in Mandy is better, though, because it's got more of the vengeance, like, the... There's more emotion behind it, and Color Out of Space is just weird, like... Yeah. Because he's going crazy. But, like, there's no... Yeah. But you talk about the dad thing, like, made me rethink it, because I actually didn't know that connection. Notice that connection when I saw it, so... Yeah, of him talking like his dad and stuff. There's definitely a lot of emotion in, in Color Out of Space, I think, and a lot of, like... The thing is, too, is a lot of it's done so ambiguously, right, that you kind of would have to apply that meaning, I guess, in some ways, if you would, could put two and two together. So there's probably more that we you know, have missed or didn't connect or stuff like that. But I think, I don't know if it's my favorite Nicolas Cage performance of all time, but man, it's incredible in every way. His performance, the movie, all of it. Just like, you should, 100%, if you consider yourself a fan of Cinema. You should see this movie. Of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I like how I, I said it with the real punctuality. Yeah, we we don't care about your <laughs> Citizen Kane's or your uh, I don't know what's right. what's another movie in that echelon. You know, two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. <laughs> you should watch Color Out of Space. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Citizen Kane or two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, <laughs> but you should watch Color Out of Space. I put it up there with those. Like it's it's fucking incredible. Like, I, I'm sure a lot of people will not agree with that, but I definitely shut this podcast off. Like, <laughs> yeah, they now. they unsubscribed. Never to it again. <laughs> they unsubscribed for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you didn't come here to listen to us talk about Citizen Kane. You came here to listen to us talk about weird shit, right? So yeah, you came here to listen to us talk about. You know, Citizen Kane's good. You know, we don't have to tell you that. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this flew under a lot of people's radar too, and I'm not sure why. Like, I feel like it's it's a marketing thing because I like wasn't even aware that it came out in January. Yeah, like I picked it up uh, four or five months ago, maybe. So I don't remember when I got it. It was close to release just because I was so hyped for it. But like, I man, it definitely was not something that I saw as many people talking about as I would have liked to. I feel like more people might have talked about Mandy. I know I said, but I, when I, I in my echo chamber, I've definitely seen more people talk about me. Yeah, but, but I, I don't fe- know about. I feel like Color Out of Space is the more accessible adaptation. It's going to be the one people like more, I think, too. But I, I mean, your IMDb, you said the IMDb score sign. I'm not sure. I definitely think Color Out of Space yeah, it's is, hard a, to say. is the better movie. You should watch that one. <laughs> total, to, honestly though, total reviews wise, Mandy. I know we're talking just had two years longer to get reviews, but. It's got almost twice as many as... Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I just... I don't know what about Color Out of Space. Like, was it the marketing? Was it the... You know, what about it? Yeah, I'm not sure. Because it's... Like, I've never really heard anyone talk about it. I've heard just a few, definitely. Like, and I've heard quite a few people talk about Mandy. Yeah. And I'm not sure why that is. I don't know if it's a marketing thing or not. But I definitely think that you should go watch color out of space yeah i definitely think there's a this is definitely different than the other episodes because the other episodes we kind of um talked about what we watched and on this one we're talking about just two things we thought went together i don't even remember how this came up yeah yeah we we i don't remember exactly how this started either but we both basically had seen these movies before and liked them and just what we thought well we should uh well actually this was my first time seeing mandy so like i had well, that's what it was then. That's how we started it. Yeah, because you were like, I told you, oh, man, you haven't seen Mandy. You got to watch it. And then I said, I could rewatch it and we could talk about it. And then you said, well, we put with it and we landed on. Yes. Yeah. So, so the format of this podcast is definitely going to be dynamic. Like you never know what to expect. Episode. Yeah. Episode. I mean, each each week it could be. We did also talk about doing the the director thing, director themed episodes more after last week when we mentioned it and. Uh, or our last episode we mentioned it and uh that's something that i think we'll do so we're just kind of planning that out but yeah who knows where we'll end up next next time but uh 
Yeah. I this is a good couple of movies, and I think you should watch them both. Yes. Alpaca! <laughs> <laughs>